Hello everybody, before we get into this week's podcast, I just want to say a special thank you to this week's sponsor. Our sponsor this week is Chef Ali Halbert. He makes bespoke handcrafted chocolates and, you know, today's the day after Valentine's Day, so if you if you forgot or messed up, I've got the perfect sponsor for you. You can receive 10% off your postal order by using the code CALBERT10, that's C-A-L-B-E-R-T-10. The number 10, not T. You, you, you get it. I'll, I'll put the details in the in the link below. You can find Chef Ali Halbert with at Chef Ali Halbert on Instagram or email chefalihalbert at gmail.com. Remember to use the code CALBERT10 asking for a price list for a 10% off your postal order. Right, time for this week's episode. The Cal Halbert Podcast. Hi everybody, thank you for downloading this episode and welcome to this week's episode. What a hell of a guest I've got for you. I've got the one, the only, the fabulous Cherry Valentine on the show today, everybody. We best know Cherry as uh, one of the cast members of RuPaul's Drag Race UK Season 2. She is absolutely fabulous, she's hilarious and I had such a laugh recording this interview. So I hope you enjoy listening to it as well. So without any further ado, please welcome the wonderful, the fabulous yes fabulous is used far too much in these intros and in the show itself but if anybody is fabulous it is cherry valentine so here we go the cal halbert podcast well i'm very pleased to say that on the show today i have got the one the only the fabulous the spectacular cherry valentine everybody hi cherry <laughs> hello darling lovely to be here <laughs> oh, well i mean you're the only person that's ever said that. So I appreciate. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you very much. How's lockdown going for you? This is lockdown three, isn't it? How's it going for you? Oh, it's going long. And how's it going for you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I imagine, I imagine it's a lot worse for you because you're stuck chatting to me. So that is the <laughs> that's the downside for you. And no, I mean, it's not been too bad. It's not been too bad. I've just been trying to keep busy, really. Yeah, what sort of stuff have you been doing? Have you got to that point where, I mean, the first lockdown was good because we had the Tiger King to get through. Uh, the second lockdown kind of mixture. Are you in the northeast as well? Because I'm Newcastle. Are you northeast? I know you're from Darlow originally. Whereabouts are you now? I'm in the northwest now. North. Oh, you traitor. I'm How could you? Traitor. I've been disowned by the northeast. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, so uh, we, we've had the tough lockdowns as well in lockdown two, uh, but lockdown two, I was just binging through box sets and now lockdown three, I don't really know what the rules are. I don't really pay attention but to the news No one anymore. knows what the rules are. Boris Johnson himself doesn't know what the rules are. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is very true. It is very much the hokey-cokey of politics at the moment with <laughs> Boris going, you've got to stay in, but then you've also got to uh, go out. Go out. <laughs> so there's, there's not really a lot you can do with the... Uh, with that sort of thing, and you notice he always avoids the um, the, the horrible press conferences. He does the ones that go, "Look how great we are," uh, but then yeah. the horrible ones he gets Matt Hancock to do. So yeah, he's a politician answers. <laughs> Basically, you don't answer anything, but answer everything. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> So, Cherry, we know you uh, best, uh, m- most recently for being in RuPaul's Drag Race UK season two. How did that come about? Um, well, it came out of nowhere, to be honest. I, I applied as a bit of a, oh, I'll just get my name out there and see what happens. I'm not going to get cast before I knew it. I was stood in front of RuPaul. <laughs> that must but be was, surreal. Really yeah, surreal. Because I'd only been doing drag like professionally at the time for about a year. Um, and then I was like, yeah, I'll just get my name out. They'll see my tape and 
we'll go from there. But yeah, I got the call and they were like, congratulations, you've made the show. Wow. And I was like, are you joking? You must be taking the piss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that. That's insane. So you put an application in thinking nothing of it, thinking, well, I'll put my name out there so people will know me sort of thing. So you'd only yeah. been, had you only been doing drag professionally for a year? Yeah, professionally for a year. I've been doing it behind the scenes for as long as I can remember. <laughs> So walking around in, was it mum's shoes, things like that? Heels, anytime anyone went out, I was sneaking in my sister's makeup bag. The usual stuff. <laughs> we all go, it's a rite of passage. <laughs> <laughs> so how how young can you think of how you you went, I want to be a drag queen? How how how, uh, how early was um, Well, when I was doing it when I was younger, I never actually thought to myself, that, um, like, I want to be a drag queen. I just thought it was really fabulous. And I thought, why can't I do it? I know I'm a boy, but. I know we can all be fabulous um and then I first started like to proper discovered drag when I went for a night out in Darlington and I saw some drag queens and then obviously I moved over to like near Manchester area went on Canal Street and as soon as I went on Canal Street that was it then Jesus <laughs> no turning back looking at Canal Street there we go <laughs> this street is fabulous honey let's go for this there's no business like show business <laughs> So, <laughs> at what point did you think? Oh, obviously, you said you you saw some drag queens in Darlow. You, uh, sorry for those the listener. Uh, that's Darlington, not uh, not uh, that's northeast Dirty Darlington. Darlow. Uh, Dirty Darlow, indeed. There is, do you know? I used to gig in Darlow because I'm a stand-up comic. There was a couple of gigs in uh, in Darlow, and there is a, a pub in Darlow called the Boot and Shoe. And yeah, I'll be well. honest with you. <laughs> That is the Boot and Shoe, for, for those of you that don't know the Boot and Shoe, that is a pub that even the coronavirus has steer cleared of. They've gone, yeah, I'm not going in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm dissing your hometown. I do apologise. But then again, oh, you've, no. you've buggered off to the north uh, northwest, so, you know, it's, it's your own fault. Thing, isn't it? That's a northern thing. It's very endearing to take the piss out of something. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely it is. Absolutely. So you said you saw um, some drag queens in Darlington and then you moved to Manchester and Canal Street and all that. And so mm-hmm. at what point did you think, oh, this could actually be a career? Um, well, I didn't. I never did. I never thought it was a career. I'd like, I remember when I first started doing drag and I was getting paid £30 a shift. So I was like, I think to myself, I can't make a career out of this. It's just something <laughs> I'll go on the side. Because normally I'd just go for a night out anyway. So I thought an extra £30 that'll pay for me drinks. Yeah, but yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so I never actually like thought that I would get a career out of it. But then I saw that people could go on stage mm-hmm. and I they could do performances and stuff. So I got into, got into that and I was like, I could actually do this like as a job. Um, and I was doing nursing at the time as well. So I was always thinking in the back of my mind, I've still got a mortgage to pay. Um, <laughs> but now, but now, obviously, with Drag Race and everything, like, yeah, it's been mad. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like I've won the lottery since I've been on the show because of lockdown. But I thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whoa, you, you've, you're on Drag Race UK and now you're on the Cal Halbert podcast. You can't even be bothered. To <laughs> <title>. So that's... <laughs> Things are going well for you. I mean, <laughs> well, I love podcasts, so I love them. Good. Well, this yeah. is your best one now. This is your favourite one. I've decided. <laughs> you said that um, you applied for a bit of a laugh. You, you said you never thought that you could make a living out of this. So, when you say oh. you were going out, were you going out in drag, or were you just going out for a night out anyway? Were you going out in drag initially? Yeah, initially it was just a night out, just as as 
like in my usual clothes. But then I went out the first night in drag mm. and my partner was working at a bar at the time, like part time. And um, he was like, come in drag. Like, it's fabulous. The drag queen's there. So I turned up in drag, didn't know anyone. Yeah. Um, and the manager approached me and was like, do you want a job? And I was like, yeah, OK, well, yeah, go on then. And that was that was that. So the first time I went out in drag was the first time that I'd been asked to work. So I must have looked all right, even though <laughs> looking back, I looked like shite. But um, no, no, it was, it was, yeah, it was that. When you were in school and things, were there any, were you like the, not the class clown, but like the, the, the show off you wanted to be in the, in the plays and stuff? Because I was always very introverted. I'd see the, the kids making everyone laugh and I'd just sit there very arrogantly go, yeah, I'm funnier than that. But I wouldn't pay any <laughs> attention to them. Do you know what I mean? But I was never you the may- one making people laugh. <laughs> I was exactly the same. Like I would never like do um, the shows and stuff at school because I thought I don't need to do that. I know I can do it. I don't need to show anyone I can do it. <laughs> um, but I, I would always be like the, the the funny one in the group. Do you know what I mean? Everyone would just take like laugh with. And I think I used humor as sort of like a we won't talk about me. I'll just take the piss out of everything. Um, but yeah, that's I was sort of like the clown, I guess. I was the only out gay kid, out gay kid in school as well at the time. So, how old were you when you came out? Um, when I came out to my friends at school, I was like maybe fifteen. What are you in year eight? Four, yeah, fourteen, fifteen. 14, about fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, that's quite young. It is quite young. I mean, I'd known that I was gay for years and years and years. I mean, my mum sat me down when I was like eleven, twelve year old, and said, "I know you're gay." <laughs> Let's not tell <laughs> Yeah, mums always know. That's yeah, they do. They really do always know. I think I think she really knew when she came home and I was baking like fairy cakes and stuff, and she was like, "Right, he's gay." <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, I I was always like the the novelty at school. Do you yes. know what I mean? The funny gay kid. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the difference between you as the in your words, funny gay kid. Please don't get at me off com. Uh, it was. <laughs> yeah. what, what, what's the difference between you, the funny gay kid, and Cherry? Um, Cherry is just so much more confident. She can really like hold herself. Like I would never go on stage like this now, but I'd have a conversation and take the piss in that. But I wouldn't. I would never go on stage. I'd feel too vulnerable. Yeah. I don't know how people do it. Like I don't know how comedians do it. So I take me hat off to you because honestly I, I couldn't do it I just feel like when you're in drag it's just like it's you but like enhanced yeah. and it's sort of like a bit of armor as well like you can really say and get away with anything especially as a drag queen you can literally <laughs> get <with> anything <laughs> <laughs> no I think you're absolutely right in that I have clothes that I wear on stage I have my stage suits obviously I've got normal suits as well but I have my stage suits so mm. when I'm wearing my my work clothes so to speak i am a completely different person to to what i am in in normal normal days and i mean there are days where i do my partner's head in and he's i'm there pretending to be donald trump or something going i'm gonna make you a tea a great tea a weak tea a very weak tea that's what i'm gonna make for you but then it's like it's oh for god's sake you just shut up do you know what i mean but it's like but then most of the time i am just quite quiet and introverted so there is that it is kind of like a switch isn't it once at what point do you turn into cherry is it when you start um getting well, into drag or is it here we go i'm done it's yeah it's probably after i have like a drink <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> it's um it's probably when i put like my eyelashes on i've put my hair on 
stick my nails on and it's just then final steps and then I'm like I'm not me anymore I can do whatever I want <laughs> it's sort of like that um but yeah it's the final steps I suppose and then obviously I have a drink as well and just I'm mean, nerve sometimes fog on stage before <laughs> <laughs> you go on stage sorry do you have a drink before you go on stage no no no, no. I have done but um I often just make a make a mess of myself. Well, not make a mess. I don't make a mess. I'm just like the the set and the show is a mess. If I, if I do, I don't. I used to, but then now I normally just drive everywhere. So I'll drive to the gigs and stuff. Oh, and yeah, then... I, I I did start driving before lockdown. I was just driving all the time. Yeah. It gives you perspective on things as well, doesn't it? When you're in like a club or you're in a bar and stuff, and you're sober and everyone's drunk. Yeah, really real, realize how weird people are. There are a couple of times where I've done the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and I've tried to be so. God, I haven't got a problem, honestly. I tried to, I've tried to be sober for a couple of days and during the Fringe, but you, all your time just disappears in there. And it's when you're around drunk people when you're sober, their volume goes up, but you just you go quieter and actually you just go, oh my god, is this what I'm like when I'm drunk? Because that's unbearable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So I can't imagine that, but like enhanced in drag. <laughs> Who are your influences into going into drag? Because I imagine, uh, how old are you roughly? I know it's very rude to ask a lady how old she is, but I was um, rough, I'm, I'm, I can't even remember how old I am now. I'm 27. 27, right? Okay. Yeah, same age as me. So uh, I mean, you. Yeah. Oh, thanks. You don't know. Like <laughs> You're not 27. I am, honestly. No way. Small world. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, that's it. Keep digging. Keep digging. God, you can honestly just say, wow, you look awful for 27. Oh, that's God. fine. You can do that. <laughs> do <you know? laughs> that's absolutely fine. Yeah, it's not 27, yeah. Yeah, so growing up, I suppose there was no drag queens on telly, really. Maybe Lily Savage was the only one on TV. So who were yeah. your influences in that sort of respect? Well, I wasn't really influenced by drag queens, um, like t- like people who call themselves drag queens. I mean, I was influenced by divas like Beyonce and Gaga, who are technically like drag queens sometimes, aren't they? Yeah. But um, I, I was really influenced by powerful female women. Like, first and foremost, that's where, like, my inspirations drew from, especially, like, the women in my family, because they're always fabulous. But literally, I said on the show, they wear heels to go to the corner shop, and that's not even an exaggeration. They actually do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, just really fabulous women. That's one thing you say about wearing heels to the... Not that I've ever done it, but um, it's... I, that's one thing that I think would put me off. Number one is I don't think I'm talented enough to be able to do the, the makeup for a start. Second of all... My feet are knackered at the best of time. I don't think I could deal with wearing heels. Yeah, I mean, after a while, it just goes numb, so you don't feel it, and you don't need to be talented at makeup. I mean, have you seen some drag queens? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think you have. You had a drink yet, Cherry? Is that what it is? It's come out completely now. <laughs> no, but you don't like. It's literally just about having fun and just like really embracing you. Mm-hmm. That's what drag is. Like, it's just. It's having it's having fun and being fabulous. Yeah, it's it's having that celebration, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned about other <laughs> you've had a little dig at other drag queens there with their terrible makeup. <laughs> um but 
Uh, they won't help me, honestly. It's fine. <laughs> but um, tell me about the, the relationship with like drag mothers and things like that, because obviously RuPaul is known as mother to a lot of a lot of well, most people. She is mother. But um, tell me a little bit about the the, the, the drag mother um, relationships. Um, well, yeah, we just have like as drag queens, we tend to have like drag families mm. and a lot of drag queens look for drag mothers when they're first starting out to like sort of guide them and teach them the tricks of the trade and like teach them what they should and shouldn't be doing. Um, but I never had a drag family when I first right. started. Um, I didn't really know it was a thing. I thought it was a bit weird, to be honest, <laughs> that we're just asking random people to like be our like fake mothers. Yeah. Um, but the more you get to know about it, it is actually more than that. Like it is a really, really personal relationship. And I have so many like sisters and I do have a drag family. So I have specific queens who I'm really, really close to. Yeah. We do everything to get like, we make costumes together. We send each other tips and tricks all the time. And so I do have a drag family, but I've never had a drag mother. I mean, since I've been on Drag Race, the amount of people who've DM'd me and asked me to be their mother hmm. is insane. But I've like, I'm not really, I'm not really about that. I like... I just say go out in the world and find your own path. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you need some guidance, fair enough. But I don't want to uh, stop anyone just being themselves fully. Just yeah. go out there and discover everything yourself. Yeah, I, I think it, it is like a mentorship, isn't it? That that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I suppose it is. It is like a mentorship. Yeah. Yeah, and I think what this probably happens more in the drag world than it well it will do more than in the the comedy comedy world is that if you ask for someone's mentorship or you need some advice or someone to help you direct an edinburgh show for example um it's very easy to be able to click into that comedian's mindset and say like so obviously i do impressions and i would say right i do i would do such and such voice in that gag there however you don't do impressions you're a one-liner comic maybe you need to write some jokes about this sort of style thing so you, you can switch in between that whereas i imagine it's probably quite difficult in uh, a drag mother term in, in ways of saying yeah well th that's how i do my makeup you don't you need to find your own way rather than copying yeah, me and it's, yeah and that's what it is like everyone's like completely individual because we've all got completely separate styles and but you can see with families sometimes that they do have like similar like makeup styles or similar like dance styles things that they perform but um and how they attract with people but mm. we're so individual and not like I don't I don't always see drag as like I don't always see myself sorry as like a drag queen like I, I see myself as like an artist do you know what I mean oh, I know yeah, it's yeah, absolutely. an artist but <laughs> I do I do see myself as like a drag artist because I don't just see myself as like when you think of a drag queen, when I used to think it in my head, I used to think like Blackpool, yeah. 50 year old man behind the DJ box, calling yeah, people yeah. in the audience. But it's not that. It's really, it really is art. Yeah. And art is so subjective and so individual. Um, and we're all completely different. And I love that about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people still have that, um, which RuPaul's Drag Race, the American All Star and UK versions, has kind of changed that. Whereas originally it used to be a bit like it was a bloke in the dress going, you can sing along with this, but only the only the chorus. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's like that sort of star. That's all you yeah. can, That's what you imagine, don't you? Do you know? But it's, it, yeah, it has completely changed. So, in your opinion, what is classic British drag? Classic British drag is really tongue-in-cheek humour. It's sarcasm. And I think that's where the American drag, especially in the British drag, really separate because Americans don't always understand British sarcasm. They think yeah. we're being serious all the time. <laughs> don't they? But 
I think it's just really, yeah, it's really just off the cuff humour and it's just like taking the mick. But at the same time, British drag is so, so diverse. Like it isn't just, when people think of British drag, sometimes they do think of that old school campy drag, mm. but there's also like the new school thinking now, a lot of like London and Manchester, it's so diverse and everyone's like really fashion forward and really like cool with the stuff, like modern and young. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, I see British drag as it's all, it's all sorts really. It's, it's really diverse, same as the UK, it's diverse in itself, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's fantastic. And I mean, I, I do a lot of uh, pantomime. It's a, Oh, yes, I do. Uh, and I do a lot of panto. <laughs> hey, hey, it's an interview for you. It's a career for me. So uh, this is... Uh, <laughs> so I do um, a lot of panto. And, and I've noticed there's been um, a lot of drag queens go into pantomime, a lot of adult pantomime as well. Um, and they, a lot of people are switching out the dame character as... Um, for for a drag queen um mm. but what i find I, I don't know how i feel about this simply because um i find panto dames are supposed to just be a bloke in a dress it's that blackpool sing along if you want that sort of style yeah. and i also feel that the amount of jokes and the the jokes that are put in for panto dames are it's a man in a dress kind of belittle mm. what what drag yeah, is it, yeah it enforces those stereotypes of what what it is i suppose doesn't it but I think it's a lot of it's to do with jumping on like trends as well, because yeah. I really do think like in general drag at the minute is, is seen as really like trendy, the trendy thing to do. Everyone wants to do it. Everyone wants yeah. to know about it, but it always goes through cycles. And I remember listening to an interview with RuPaul uh, a while back and he said, that's what drag is. It always goes through cycles. Like it'll go back into the shadows in a few years and then it'll come back out again and be this crazy thing. So I think at the minute with all this drag going on and everyone wanting to go in panto and everything and all sorts of stuff, it's it's really just about like at the minute, that's what's like fresh and everyone finds funny. So if people want to do that, they want to do that. I mean, I wouldn't class myself as a panto queen. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've got no like disrespect to people who do panto. It's just not something that I'd want to do. Um, but yeah, I just think it's it's all about like current trends and what's in at the minute. How much of uh, drag cabaret shows that you've been in and gone to? How much of that is quite a lot of because I've I've been to a few and a lot of it's it's so diverse in that it's a lot of circus skill. There's live singing, there's lip syncing, there's dancing. And what sort of part of the show would would you put yourself in? I I, I literally do it all. Um, not to sound big headed again, but. I really... <laughs> <laughs> blown smoke Sack them all honey i'll do the whole show <laughs> no when i do when i do cabaret shows i literally do everything it just depends on how i feel yeah. in the moment that's what i'll perform like i do light whip shows i've done blood shows um i do i used to cheerlead and so i do like flips and stuff like that um so i do like dance tracks um i love playing video games so sometimes i'll like dress up as tomb raider and do like a video game number it's really just how i feel yeah at the moment about what I do so I wouldn't really put myself into a specific box I wouldn't say I'm like a comedy queen I'm not a look queen I just mm. I really just do it do what I fancy on the time at the time how do you come up with your sets and ideas well what is it you you say there that you go oh it's whatever I feel at the moment but how do you come up with what you're going to do and what pieces because the individual pieces they're, they're essentially individual plays and pieces every single thing that you do so how do you come up with that um I, to be honest with you, I just sit down 
think about what I'm into at the minute and then just go on Google and just Google up random stuff, go into a YouTube hole and then just pull out sound clips from all over the places and then just mash it all together and try and think of a performance to come with it. It's very just, it really is just how I'm feeling in the moment. I know it's like, it takes a lot of planning, but it's very, it's very quite spontaneous. I've never actually sat down and planned a full show. Maybe I should. <laughs> See if it's any good. Might be better what I'm doing now, but um, yeah, it's just, it's very spontaneous. Where did the name Cherry Valentine come from? Oh, it came from it came from all over the place. I really <laughs> love the smell of I really love the smell of cherries, um, and I remember being in the shower and I was doing a che- using a cherry shower bath wash thing, and um, I had a drag. I, it was my first drag gig, and I was like, I need a name that's going to stick because I had so many different names beforehand. Um, some of them really horrendous. But oh, it, please, what were they? I need to know this. I mean, one of the bad ones was probably like Delta Devotion. And the reason I picked Delta Devotion is because Delta is obviously D in like the phonetic alphabet or something in it. And Devotion, so you're like devoted to the D. It's horrendous. Um, it's quite I cryptic. It. I like it. Yeah, it is, isn't it? You have to be clever to work that one out. Um, <laughs> but I was using a cherry bath wash and I love cherries. And this is the thought process that went in my head. Like my granny drinks sherry and I really love my granny. So I was like, cherry, sherry. And then I love the colour red. I love love. I know it's cheesy, but I really do. And I love Valentine's Day. So I was like, cherry Valentine's so nice. Um, but I also want it to be super like dark. And I feel like the colour red can be like love or hate. Do you know what I mean? So I like going on that fine line between love and hate. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. Completely agree. Completely understand. Yeah, yeah. When you you said you were only going for professionally as a year for a year when you went into Drag Race UK, did you know any of the other queens when they arrived? Obviously, it's all hush hush. You won't you won't tell anybody that you're going on the show and things. So it is your first meets are when you come into the in, into the main yeah. room. Did you know any of them as as you as they walked in? Um, well, I'd heard rumours beforehand about who was going to be on the season and stuff. So you always do a little Google, don't you, and see what everyone's talking about. But um, I, I, I'd heard of a couple beforehand. So I heard of like Ginny Lemon. I heard of Joe Black because they are quite big names in the UK in the drag mm-hmm. scene. Um, but that was really all I'd heard of. And I'd, I'd known of Estina, a horror from like Instagram. So I'd heard of a couple, but I, I didn't really know any of them and I'd never met anyone, which was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> How was it to feel? Because I know that uh, obviously... Joe was uh, in the papers as one of the the favourites to to get to the final at least. Going out in the first round, as you say, um, she is a a big big name in uh, in UK drag. How did that feel? I mean, Joe jo leaving the competition, it was yeah, yeah. it was it was crazy because no one really expected it, and I like. It's like I've seen so many things online about the judging this year and it's really all over. Like, I don't know what's going on myself and I was in it. Um, <laughs> but it, it's just, you never know what's going to happen this season and everyone's so incredibly talented. They really are. And it's so different from season one. I'm not saying the season one queens weren't talented. Oh, but... yes, they were, honey. They're nobody. <laughs> it's all about season two now. It's just, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it feels very different. Everyone's very, like, fresh and modern and so like conceptual and everything and it's really really cool and we're obviously all hilarious as well so it, it helps. <laughs> <laughs> one of the uh, looks that you had to go for on, on the runway was uh, an influence uh, so like a, a gay idol a gay icon yeah. uh, influence and I was watching it and my instant was well I'd have to do Freddie Mercury I think I'd have to do it and 
lo and behold, Cherry Valentine. Well, yeah, I just, I think I love Freddie Mercury's story and I really do love Queen. I think they were so fabulous. Um, but that's the, the first hot thought that came to my head when I thought of UK Icon. I was like, Freddie Mercury, so, yeah. so many people have done it. It's an iconic outfit. And what's more fabulous than pushing a hoover down the runway of Drag Race? Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> it was just, it was lovely um, to like bring that to life. Do you know what? I actually felt like a bit of an idiot because I went, Freddie Mercury, I went, oh, I wonder... I wonder if anyone's going to do Freddie Mercury. Because because I was thinking, oh, what would I do? I said I'd probably have uh, it have to be the yellow jacket. Now, how how would how would you do Freddie Mercury and drag? And then obviously, what what a complete moron! Completely <laughs> forgot that he's kind of already done it. So <laughs> you can't. I, just, just, I love that. I like like that gender mind fucking your mind as well. Like it's a man doing drag, like, and it's me in, like doing dressed as a, uh, someone else dressed as drag like it is i loved it and i loved the iconic mustache as well yeah i quite liked the mustache to be honest i really did <laughs> i might have to grow one in <laughs> did you grow it in did you grow a mustache in or did you draw it on no can you imagine <laughs> I don't... I have facial hair <laughs> <laughs> uh, well i mean I used to have sideburns for a long period of time. I, I, oh, one of them stages. Yes, yeah. I had a bit of a breakdown. <laughs> uh, it was <laughs> I had more hair on my face than I did on the top of my head for for a short period of time. Uh, so that was <laughs> that was one of the concerns that I had. Have you watched any of It's a Sin that's been on on TV? I have. I, I love it. I think it's absolutely incredible. It's such it's such an amazing show. And I watched um, Queer as Fork as well. Yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago and it really it's it feels the same and it's one of them programs that actually like it gets you emotional but it's it's like a good emotional because it makes you realize like how how we need to talk about stuff like this it's I I loved it to sin I thought it was great and the acting was really good as well yeah it was spectacular I binged all the way through it me and my partner sat and watched it Mm -hmm. and it's one of those shows that gives you a full roller coaster of happiness and hilariousness and it's upsetting and it's educational and I think it's something that is really really important and needs to be in in the uh, in the public eye because there still is a huge huge fear monger of the likes of AIDS and HIV and there's still that idea that it's just a gay disease. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without a doubt. And I, I really like it as well because I've seen online that It's a Sin's being watched by so many different people, not just people in like the LGBTQ plus community. Like everyone's seeing it and it's it's really good. It's really educational actually, but in a, in a sensitive but really hard-hitting way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I loved it. It was really good. It's one of them that you have to binge as well. You can't just stop halfway through. No. <laughs> yeah, I was straight on, watched all of them. That's it. <laughs> what's next for you, Cherry? Let's say the pandemic ended tomorrow. What's next for you? I want to travel the world. I really do want to travel the world. One of the main reasons I thought about applying for Drag Race and I wanted to do, like I wanted to really go ahead with it is because to meet people. Because I just love, I love hearing people's stories and like interacting with people, mm-hmm. like especially in like real life like yeah. human contact um i just i just think drag is such an amazing thing that can like really pull everyone together no matter where you're from or no matter what you believe in like if you go and see a drag show or something you have your own opinions of it but it's just it's just fabulous it's just really it's really fabulous and i just want to travel the world and i want to try everything and see what i fancy i want to do music i want to do more tv documentaries like i just i really just want to try everything and see see what sticks <laughs> Where's the first place you're booking a ticket to then? Um, 
well, my partner always keeps going on about New York. So I would love to go to New York um, in the winter. I love the winter. It's my yeah. favourite time of year. Um, I just, yeah, New York and... I'd love to go to like Tokyo or something as well. That'd to- be cool. Oh, sorry, Tokyo. I thought you said Torquay. I thought I wouldn't bother. But, <laughs> I was going to yeah. say Torquay. I was like, no, yeah, Torquay, yeah. I would, love, I would love to go to Whitby as well. Yeah. I've been... <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, at this point in lockdown, I would love to just go to Whitby. Yeah. <laughs> more different. <laughs> but New York would be incredible to see that. that the, would you go to the, the drag... Uh, oh yeah see and the I drag circuit there and the, the clubs there much about the drag scene in new york um and watching drag race there's a lot of queens from new york on it isn't there so they're very diverse and i would love to go and see a show definitely i've got one final question for you cherry who of your celebrity showbiz friends would you like to see on this podcast my celebrity showbiz friends um i don't really have many to be honest <laughs> <laughs> no, I would. Um, my celebrity showbiz friends. I don't know. I don't. What's class as a celebrity showbiz friend? Any of your friends that's in show business? <laughs> um, Joe Black. I really would Joe say Joe Black. Black. Yeah, I think Joe Black is an incredibly interesting character, and we've got a lot to talk about. Really fabulous. Cherry, thank you so, so much for coming on to the Cal Halbert yeah. podcast. It was a pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure, Cal Halbert, for being on the Cal Halbert podcast. <laughs> Such a clever name. I, n- I never get over <laughs> how clever of a name that is. <laughs> it's very inventive. It really is. <laughs> no, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much. The Cal Halbert podcast. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Cherry Valentine. Oh, she is gorgeously glamorous, isn't she? (laughs) If you did enjoy this show, please, please, please give it a share with your friends and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a future episode. If you can, please give us five stars. That really helps other people find this podcast. And I shall see you next week. The Cal Halbert Podcast. You've been listening to a Calbert Media production.